Hey everyone, welcome to Revival Town Podcast Season 2, Episode 3. I'm Chuck Tate, that's Andy King. Chuck Tate, you are looking great. <laughs> Andy King, I know what you mean. <laughs> Andy King, right back at you. Thanks mate. Thanks so, mate. Oh man. my goodness. Can you believe we're into Season 2 already? Season 2, St. Patrick's Day is this week. Oh man. Gotta find my green clothes. I know. You know, you guys over in the States celebrate it way more than we do in, in England. Uh, which is which is crazy to think Ireland is so close to England. But when I came over here, I think it was one of the St. Patrick's Day um, time. I wasn't up there for St. Patrick's Day, but it was up in Chicago where they had dyed the river oh, green. Yeah. That, that was like crazy. Yeah. It's pretty fascinating when, you know, you can Google that and watch, just look at videos of painting the, the Chicago River yeah. green. And the, I, I remember reading there's more Irish people in Chicago than I do believe Ireland. No, not not <laughs> Ireland, but I think it's Belfast or Dublin, one of those. Wow. Yeah, it's it's crazy. That is crazy. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So huge Irish population, obviously in Chicago, and uh, so yeah. So if you are listening to this, and I know we have had people from Ireland listening, if you are listening from Ireland. Obviously, it's too late to put it on today's podcast. But if you're listening and you want to leave us a voice message, a greeting from Ireland, we could play this in a few weeks, obviously, uh, because we're pre-recording. But why don't you just jump onto our website, uh, revivaltownpodcast.com, hit listen now, and there's a button where you can hit message and you can leave a voicemail. How cool would it be to have voice messages from all over the world? Yes, yeah. Yes, let us know if you're in Ireland and you're listening. I mean, we've had people listen from 29 countries. Yeah. So we'd like to hear from you. Let yeah. us know. Follow the instructions that Andy just gave. And man, that, that would be cool. I'd like if, if you're in Sweden. I have family in Sweden. Well, you keep I'm trying a, to convince me that you're half English. I'm, I'm a, no, I'm a half Swede. <laughs> and I'm about 40% English. Okay. All so right, I'm okay. really, really close. Yeah, okay. And I just found that out a few weeks ago that I was 40% yeah, English. It's crazy. You know, Show but, isn't 41. That's, yeah. <laughs> 41%. There, there you go. <laughs> oh, man. man. Well, you know, last week on the podcast, I sang happy birthday to you. Yeah. So yeah. I thought I'd throw out another song, you know, since, you know, okay. I'm kind of in a, in a singing mood. And it will, I think, be a good segue into introducing today's guest. Now, has someone ever told you that you're not a great singer? A lot of people. (laughs) (laughs) I actually just shared this recently in in, in a message. Um, Actually, I shared this with Daniel Fusco because he he brings this up. He has received, but he is a musician. I'm not a musician. A legit musician. He's a a very legit musician. You're going to love him. But, but, um, you know, I'm the pastor of a church called Rock Church, and you know we have you know modern worship like a lot of churches, and and I've always been into rock and roll, and my hair is long, and whenever I'm in our community and and I meet somebody for the first time, and I might be wearing a Rock Church hat or a hoodie, and oh Rock Church, you go to Rock Church, and I'll say yeah, and they always the very next question, 99% of the time is, are you in the band? <laughs> and I'm always like. I want to say yes so bad, yeah, but yeah. I, you know, I can't lie. I don't think, no. 
And sometimes I tell them I'm the pastor, and then sometimes I don't. I just invite him, and I just hope to shock them when they come. They're like, wait a minute. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I waited on him at Kroger. <laughs> <laughs> but... But anyway, yeah. So you're um, going to sing a song I'm going to sing the song, all right? Okay, all right. Let me take the music down. Okay. All right, come on. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, and you really want to show it. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. We'll stop, we'll stop right there. Oh, man, we so have to. I, man, I'm just going to have to make this a weekly bit. <laughs> no! <laughs> no, no, that would be crazy. Yeah. And, and speaking of crazy and happy, our guest is the author of a brand new book called Crazy Happy. You're going to love this dude. This is a cool cat, great musician, pastor, preacher, author, um, coolest head of hair. hair coolest head of hair. Oh, my hair. gosh. Yeah, this guy, um, you know... I only met him uh, today for the first time, just uh, through Zoom. But it was as though we had known each other for years. Uh, and in fact, at the beginning, you all start making fun of me, <laughs> which I didn't find very funny. But I went along with it, you know. But uh, so yeah. So <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. What, what, what did I make fun of you? You both were about my hair. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah, you oh, all no, forgot that, I, didn't I'm you? I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah it's going to be one man show soon. Oh. But no, uh, <laughs> but uh, seriously, you want to sit back and relax? T- just briefly tell us a little bit about Daniel. So he is the pastor of a church in Northwest Washington, and just a um, great guy. I, I met on social media several years ago, and been a fan of, of the books. This is, I, th- I believe, the third book that he's released, and I've read all three of them and just kind of connected with them. Yeah. And um, even with 41 will come and he helped promote that as well. And just your book that you wrote. I, yeah. The book yep. that I published a few years ago. And, um, you know, we asked him to be on the podcast and he said yes right away. And I'm just so grateful that he would take time out of his busy, busy schedule. He's doing some, some really big things. And yeah. I mean, he's connected with people like, Rick Warren and Levi Lesko and Luis Palau and Jeremy Camp, all people that have endorsed his book. Roma Downey was tweeting about his book. And yeah. so we just want to say, Daniel Fusco, thanks for coming on. And we're so excited for you, our listeners, to be able to hear this conversation. So we want you to sit back and relax, grab a cup of coffee, and enjoy this interview with Daniel. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. All right, everyone, it's time for another fun conversation on Revival Town Podcast. Today, our guest is an author, church planter, and the lead pastor of Crossroads Community Church in Vancouver, Washington. His radio program, Jesus is Real Radio, is broadcast across the country, and his TV show, Real with Daniel Fusco, is aired weekly on the Hillsong Channel. Thousands of people start their day with his two-minute messages on Facebook, 
His articles have appeared in USA Today, CBN.com, Preaching Today, Relevant, Pastors.com, and Faithwire. A former professional musician who still enjoys playing the bass around the country and is featured speaker for LifeWay's small groups website. He has also recently launched the Crazy Happy with Daniel Fusco podcast. He and his wife, Lynn, have three children and reside in southwest Washington. And I just got to throw in, he has the coolest head of hair of any pastor I know. He is Daniel (laughs) Fusco. Welcome to the podcast, Daniel. It's great to be with you, Chuck and Andy. I think Andy might have the best hair, though. If oh, see, <laughs> see, now, I, I I, think you're a great guy. It's, it's not true what Chuck was saying about you earlier, so it's great. <laughs> <laughs> so those of you who are listening, if you have not seen Daniel Fusco, he has some um, epic dreadlocks, and Andy does not have much hair. <laughs> <laughs> so there, there you, there you have Let's put it, it this but. way: God, God takes real uh, quick time in counting my hair compared to Daniel's. There's a lot more hair to count on his head. <laughs> oh, oh man. man! Well, well. Um, Let's get to the podcast. Come on, <laughs> man! This is going to be fun. So, um, Daniel, this is uh, extra special for me because. Um, I connected with you on social media a few years ago, been following you, and and remember reading honestly and inward outward, and and I, you know, and I've already read Crazy Happy, your new book, which we're going to unpack, and it's so so good, and um, you're just a cool cat, and I'm grateful that you would take time out of your busy schedule to hang out with us for a little bit. I'm honored to ha- to get to hang with you guys, and I and it's funny, I'm just thinking because Chuck, we've known each other, you know, uh, through social media, but like I'm just meeting Andy today. And I'm already giving him a hard time, like I've known him for my whole life, and I think this is a great thing. I'm used to it, mate. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> the, the, the Italian coming out of you already. Right? Oh. He just doesn't like English people. That's all. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a long interview, Chuck. Uh, so, hey, first, first question I have for you. How long have you had dreadlocks? Oh, so um, I've had this head of dreads now for about a decade, but I got my first head of dreads when I was 16, and uh, and I've had them on and off pretty much my entire adult life. Sometimes people say to me, they say, Daniel, like, what's up with the locks? And I always say that, you know, everyone's face is what it is, and everyone comes up with a hairstyle that they think kind of is appropriate for the face that God has given them. And, uh, and dreadlocks, for whatever reason, works for me. Uh, and I know for some people, like, as a, like I meet people all the time, they're like, what do you do for a living? Are you like a musician? I'm like, no, I'm a pastor. And they're like, well, pastors don't really look like that. I'm like, well, what do you think a pastor looks like? They're like, well, not like you. So. <laughs> Man, I, you know I, I just want to say something. I haven't chosen to not have hair, though. That's the thing. This is this is the way God has given me. <laughs> I wish I, I've got a bit of envy right so, now. I wish I could have hair like you or Chuck. Chuck's got a great mane as well. <laughs> Yes, he does. So maybe well, we'll get... Go ahead, go ahead. Well, it was funny when I was growing up. Like, so my, my father had a receding hairline real early. And in some ways, one of the reasons that I have dreads is he used to say to me, he's like, man, when you are 30, you are going to be bald as a, you know, <laughs> as a cue ball. And, it, and so when, literally when I was like 30, I still had a head of hair. I'm like, I better enjoy this while I got yeah, it, yeah. you know? And so... That's good. That's good. Well, mine has begun to thin on top and in the back. And <laughs> I am using products mixed with prayer to salvage it as long 
as I can. I just said, God, please don't let me wake up and look like Andy because I know. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But, um, but no, so it's funny because um, there's not a, a lot of, I don't know a lot of long-haired pastors and yours is much longer than, than mine. And I have a friend in Nashville, his name is Bob Beeman. And um, he's got this big giant head of hair. It's pretty, pretty epic as well. But um, I, so a lot of times when I'm in our community and I might have a, a rock church shirt on or hat and someone will go, oh, rock church. So are you in a band? <laughs> I know, I'm the pastor and I get to say it's the same kind of reaction. It's always pretty comical. And then right away you can see the barriers just come down. It's the religious people that have a problem with it, right? So. Oh, yeah, always. I say at, the, at best, you know, my dreads are a fishing lure. You know, uh, a lot of people like, you know, for people who are like, you know, so spiritual that they're like, yeah, man, I would never go to a church with a guy with dreadlocks. Like they have a church. They have lots of churches to go to. And but there's a whole lot of people who are like, you know, I'm interested in Jesus, but I, you know, I don't know if I can relate to the to the pastor. And so I remember when I first came to Crossroads where I pastor now, I, I, I was the successor of our founding pastor who pastored the church extraordinarily for 40 years. And our founding pastor, Bill Ritchie, was like a regal statesman, you know what I mean? Like just, you know, buttoned up, you know, he was like uh, phenomenal. And I always joke that he's the regal statesman and I'm like the regal statesman's funky nephew who you hope doesn't end up in, in the tabloids, you know? And when I first came to Crossroads, people were like, who is this guy? Like, what, Pastor Bill, what are you doing? But then, you know, once you started, you know, you know, once people hear your heart and they hear the word of God and you talk about Jesus and God meets with them, then all of a sudden it's like, I don't care how he looks. It yeah. doesn't really matter at that point. Well, yeah. t- tell us a bit about the church and and what you do. Um, Chuck mentioned it, that you are on the Hillsong channel uh, as well. Um, and, and all that is tied in. Tell us a bit about um, the church and then also that relationship with Hillsong Church. Obviously, there's a friendship relationship there as well that's really intriguing uh, to me. Um I was in Australia for a year or so and did a little bit of work with the guys from Hillsong many years ago before it was like Hillsong, <laughs> you know. Um, but uh, great guys. But I was just, I'm always intrigued at how that played out, especially through your local church. Yeah. So, you know, Crossroads in Vancouver, Washington, we're just over the Columbia River from Portland, Oregon, and uh, an amazing church. And you know, it was started two months before I was born in 1975, our founding pastor. And it was like 350 people on the first Sunday kind of took off. So one of those, first, what we would call a first generation mega churches. And, you know, and God really just, it's an anchor church in our region, in our community. One of a handful of churches that have been around for a while that, that were really large. And, uh, but as our founding pastor, Bill Ritchie was getting older, he was noticing that the church was getting older with him and God had given him a vision to, um, you know, to bring in a successor, but his idea was to not bring in like a 10 year younger successor, but to bring in someone who is significantly younger, who, you know, could be installed so that if the Lord were, were to tarry, they could have a good long run as the lead pastor. And so I'm actually younger than Bill's youngest child. And, um, oh, wow. and, and we had become friends over the years at conferences. And, uh, he, he was one of those people who he took a, an interest in kind of a, a kind of a funky, quirky, guy who was planting churches all over the place and uh, we just became friends and then so i got here about nine years ago now we did a, a an amazing kind of 16 month transition where the church grew in transition and then i was uh installed as the senior pastor and you know and and really god has just done an extraordinary work and so when i got to crossroads it was already an amazing church and 
And so, uh, but when I came in, it was God had given a vision for a couple of different things. And one of the things was to intentionally inhabit the digital space, yeah. you know, uh, leveraging media, especially because of where we were in, you know, the Portland metro area. And so we really started doing uh, the social media stuff. I started doing the two minute messages, not really trying to create a ministry, but more just like I would see people from Sunday to Sunday and, and in the other 167 hours of the week or 166 and a half hours of the week, all sorts of stuff would, would go on. I wanted to minister to them. So I started first writing these little devotions on social media. And then one day I just didn't feel like typing, you know, I was just like, man, I'm going to type all day. So I just grabbed my iPhone. My hand was shaking because I'm Italian. So I talk with my hands and, and I just kind of gave like a little devotion. And then right away, our creative arts folks are like, what'd you do? And I'm like, I don't know. What did I do? And they're like, that video you posted, it's got all these shares, like do another one tomorrow. And then, and I just like, oh, I'll just do a little two minute message. Give myself, you know, I'm a preacher. So I, I definitely need a time clock to know, to know when the game is over. And so, uh, so we started doing that. And then before we knew it, like, you know, folks were coming saying, Hey, you know, we should do long form radio. So we were doing, you know, putting sermons on the radio. And then I had a guy in our church, just a really forward thinking guy came to me one day. He's like, Hey, pastor Danny, I want to talk to you about something. And I'm like, what? He's like, you should be on TV. I'm like, bro, I got a face for radio. Like nobody wants to see me on TV, you know? And he's like, no, no. He's like, pastor Daniel, he's like, God uses you uniquely, you know? Uh, and, and, you know, like, and he's told me, he's like, I'm really doing this for my kids. He's like, my kids, they weren't raised in the Lord. They're not walking with the Lord and they won't really listen to me. And they won't really listen to a lot of the pastors on TV, but I showed my, you know, my daughter, your two minute message. And she's like, I'd listen to that guy. And then he's like, you know, and, and he's like, people who don't go to church, but everyone's got a TV. And he's like, and it's, we already see it on social media. So he's like, w would you consider doing this? And I'm like, well, yeah, I'll pray about it. And uh, I put a couple of fleeces out and almost very quickly uh, when we put the pilot episode out, uh, some of the folks we were working with got it to the folks over in Hillsong. And they were like, yeah, we'd love this. We'd love to have Daniel on, on the channel. And that kind of just began uh, that relationship of getting to work together. Um, in, in a lot of ways, I always say that, you know, the message never changes, uh, and but the, but the messengers do right. over time it, as the Lord tarries. And so uh, for me to be able to communicate uh, the scriptures and about Jesus with people, and if for some people they'll hear it from me just because like, you know, I wear jeans and a t-shirt and I, and I got, you know, a beard and dreads, then so be it. I'll, I'll, I'll take it. We'll take whatever fish God wants to stick in the net. That's good. That's Man, so that's so good. The slogan of our church is same message, different language. So I love that, right? The message is the same. The messengers are different. Methods change. Our methods of the church that I pastor have changed throughout the years. I mean, I planted this church in 1998. Here we are almost 23 years later. Our methods have changed, but the message is still the same. And I love the fact that I just, I love your personality and I love your voice and um, it comes out in, in your other books, but crazy happy is crazy good. I just honestly love it. I think, so I think this is a, just a good segue to, to talk about the book. So why don't you begin by, by sharing the book? I mean, the subtitle was Nine Surprising Ways to Live the Truly Beautiful Life. And I love, love, love how you connect the Beatitudes with the fruits of the Spirit. So can you just tell us a little bit how the book came about? Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm always trying to figure out, like everyone, it's like, you know, what what does our culture want and how does Jesus, how is Jesus the answer? So so there's no doubt that like we live in a culture that everybody wants to be happy. And I think that's a good thing. Like the alternative, like if someone came and said, hey, you know, Chuck, Andy, I just want to be miserable. You'd be like, hold on, time out. This is not good. Like, of course you want to be happy. 
you know and, and i always say that there's a reason that mcdonald's never sold the sad meal you know it's like yeah, it's like it was a happy meal right. <laughs> like nobody would go and be like oh for 399 i'll take the sad meal it comes with like a box of tissues like no one does that and so right. everybody wants to be happy but like we all know that you know our culture sees happiness as trivial and superficial because we've, we've all been on the hamster wheel of happiness we've tried all these things that make us happy you know we've been advertised to to make us happy and so i was watching this and thinking about it and seeing it in my own life and then it dawned on me one day um, that, you know, in the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, the blessed are the person, that word in the Greek is the word makarios, which could be translated, oh, how happy is the person? And then wow. like the light bulb went off. It's like, so no matter what someone believes about Jesus, I mean, I believe he is the King of Kings, the Lord, Lord, the Son of God, the Savior of all who would believe. And so, but even people who don't believe that believe he was a great teacher, he was a prophet, he was a miracle worker. So like, Jesus, everybody believes he's a great teacher, even if they don't follow him. In his most famous teaching, which would be the Sermon on the Mount, and maybe the most famous section of the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, Jesus explains this is what a happy person is. And when you read the nine Beatitudes, you realize nobody talks about happiness in these ways. It's like, that's why I call it crazy happy. It's not like kind of Ren and Stippy, like happy, happy, joy, joy. It's, it's more God's plan for happiness is found in surprising or unexpected crazy places and so i wanted to explore that to give people a perspective because god god's plan for human happiness has already been explained to us by jesus in the beatitudes mm -hmm. and it's about can we see our lives through the lens of the beatitudes and then of course the nine beatitudes and you put them with the nine fruit of the spirit that was a little aha moment that i had being add as i was meditating on the beatitudes and after about five days i'm like wait isn't there nine fruit of the spirit you know, and I, and I put them together and that's really for me where the, the teachings of this book really blossomed and were really fruitful in my own life as I didn't, I didn't, I resisted the urge to kind of mix the order up so that it made sense to me right. because I believe that God's word is inspired and inerrant. So I just put them together and I let them land right. And I was like, oh, this is really rich. I'm stoked I get to do this. Well, let's, let's unpack that a little bit. If it's okay with you, just, uh, I think it's, it's really cool. The, the nine with the nine bringing it together how um first when that moment happens like okay god you have just revealed something to me the process then of trying to explain that in a book is obviously going to be easy and hard right because it's a new new concept type of thing go through with us uh, on on how that how that process was but then also, some of the, just for people that are listening that may not have those nine out in front of them, um, just give us a bit of a taste of what that that is. Sure. So, you know, for me, it began with my journal in prayer, you know, uh, and just kind of just looking at, you know, putting a, a beatitude with the fruit of the spirit and just kind of journaling it out, just kind of working through, like, what does this mean to me? Like, I always said, like, uh, Paul told Timothy that the hardworking farmer is the first who gets to partake of the fruit. So like, I don't want to, I don't want to teach anybody something that I'm not learning and living. Right. So it's like, so for me, I'm just like letting it minister and wash over me. Uh, and then from there, you know, you start getting themes and ideas and, and uh, scriptures start to jump in there. And, you know, and I'm also the kind of person that when I'm putting stuff together, whether it's for preaching or for, or for writing, I'm always the person who writes all like, this is the issue that I see, or what about this? Doesn't this person say the opposite? Like, you know, like I, I always say that, you know, God is never afraid of our questions. You know, his que our questions are his invitations to take us 
a little bit deeper. And so, so I just kind of went through that process and then, you know, I started seeing things really start to come together. And then I would, you know, in sermons or in talking to people, I'd kind of float out a little nugget and see, you know, like, oh, is the, the people like this? Is, and then it was just amazing to watch people just be like, ooh. ooh. I was like, one of those like, people. I was driving, listening to the audible version, and I almost went off the road, man. I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, that is so good. He's like, why didn't I write that? <laughs> Uh, like wait if I nine and nine does it and, and if I find is there going to be 41 of them no uh, <laughs> so so you, you what, what was really good is for me what happened was is so God started speaking to me through it and then like if you take the Beatitudes and you put it like so let me give you an example like the very first one blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven that's the Beatitude and then the first characteristic of the fruit of the spirit is love right now, if you think about it, so, oh, how happy is the poor in spirit? So right there, Jesus is is talking about happiness completely different than everybody else. Because nobody says, oh, hey, you want to be happy. Happiness is on the other side of humility. Hmm. Right? So like like in all the self-help books about happiness, nobody's saying, hey, actually, the way to be happy is is to not be obsessed with yourself. Most, most common talk on happiness is it's all about you. you got to find what makes you happy. And Jesus yeah. is like, actually, pride is the enemy of your happiness. And humility is the entry point for your happiness. So like right there, it's like you, you begin to explore this fact that Jesus is saying the happy person is the person who acknowledges that they're spiritually bankrupt, that they are sinners in need of a savior, that they are not perfect and they've never been. But most people say, oh, I'll be happy when everything is perfect. It's like, well, that's impossible because you're never going to be perfect, right? right? right but right. Jesus is perfect. And so humility is the first step. But then you, if you link the idea of humility to poor in spirit, with the idea of love, then you start to ask yourself, well, why don't I love somebody? Well, ultimately we don't love some, we don't love people because in some ways we feel like we're better than them. We feel like we're superior to them, but that's pride. So the only reason not to love somebody like is because of my own pride. But if I'm humble now in humility, I am freed up to love everybody, no matter where they're not because I agree with what they're doing or not because I struggle with what they struggle with, but I'm free to love them because I realize that we all struggle, yeah. you know, and, and, and all of us are created in the image and likeness of God, but also flawed by sin. And so just because I see someone with a different flaw than I have is not a reason for me not to love them, you know? And so you start putting these things together and you start really, oh, this is, this is the truly beautiful life. When you say, well, why do I struggle to love that person? Well, maybe I don't like the way they vote or maybe I don't like what they just did. Right. And then I'm like, well, God still loves me. And God doesn't love everything that I do. Right. And so it starts to un blossom in these, un like it's so unexpected, and but so beautiful. And I'm like, oh, like this is what the abundant life is all about. Wow. That's good. Man, I love it. I love it. And so, I mean, we could just sit there and just yeah. chew on that. I mean, that's that's really, really good, Daniel. I, I, I appreciate. I, the thing that's amazing when it comes to Revelation um, is being in a place to hear God's voice in a different way. But yet when you are open to that, something like this can happen, right? We get stuck on how things are done, how the scripture should read, but yet being able to bring these two scriptures together like this has just totally not, not changed scripture, but has en enlightened it even more. And that's, that's brilliant. Yeah, a lot of a lot of aha moments for for me, 
um, going through the book. And so um, one question that I have is obviously 2020 was rough for everybody, um, pastors included. 2021 hasn't gotten off to the greatest start, right? And there are a lot of people that are struggling. There are a lot of people that are, are weighed down with anxiety and going through seasons of suffering. Um, as a pastor, a spiritual leader, um, what's your take on why aren't people looking to Jesus when it comes to taking steps to being happy? Yeah, I mean, I think the reason why is um, because in our fallenness and in our humanness, we're apt not to. And this is not a new thing. This is as old as the scriptures. Like, you know, there's a beautiful verse in, it's not beautiful, it's actually sad, but it's like God is lamenting to the prophet Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13, where he says, My people have committed two evils. They've forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and they've hewn for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that hold no water. Right? Like, in a lot of ways, like, to me, this is like the, this is the human problem with happiness. It's like, we have a tendency that instead of embracing and abiding in the Lord, who is the source, the fountain of living waters, the source of what is nourishing and life-giving. In that culture, uh, a fountain of living water, I mean, it was the desert. Like I live in the Pacific Northwest where it just rains all the time. So like water is not like something that we're lacking. I know other places there's drought conditions. So like for the children of Israel, the fountain of living water was like, man, that is absolutely essential for life. But what we want is instead of instead of going to Jesus and abiding in Jesus and finding our happiness in Jesus, the human condition is, you know what? We know that there's water, but we actually want to make ourselves our own little water pot. You know, but the problem is, is it's broken and it holds no water. It gets you, it gives you a little, a little taste of the water. And that's why the Bible says that sin is pleasurable for a season. Like you do it one time, you're like, oh, that was fun, but then after a while, it just leaves you empty. And so, and our culture is driven on, you know, uh, you know, people making cisterns, people like, you know, I know that I could go there, but actually I want to do it my own way. And I think what happens for a lot of us is that like, I didn't grow up in the church. And so what happens is that at, at some point you're like, everything that I do, none of it actually fulfills me. Like good old, that great English theologian for you, Andy, Mick Jagger, right? Oh, I can't on. get no satisfaction, right? And what? He tried and he yeah. tried. And he tries, but he can't get, no, you know, this, you guys know the song. Come on. You know, you know it's like, it's like, he, 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 I got this sister. I got this sister and I'm trying everything. I'm, I'm, I'm trying the party and I'm trying the relationships. I'm trying the, 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 the fun and I'm trying the money and all this stuff, but it never gives you fulfillment. But then once you realize, oh wait, I'm tired of my cistern. I'm going to go back and I'm going to plug my heart into the fountain of living water. And now all of a sudden, then you have this internal happiness that no matter what goes on on the outside it's abiding and that's kind of why i wrote crazy happy because i'm like you know like we can go all over the place like people have their happiness in election cycles they have their happiness in their sports teams and i i, I like politics i like sports like i love music but the thing is is the only place to really find true abiding fulfillment joy and happiness is in jesus yeah Amen. that's good well here's a crazy question because um you know especially in years past um you know i i remember growing up in the uk as a kid and and even looking at the church uh older churches that you know god doesn't want you to be happy 
Like he wants you to suffer on earth so that eternity is, is felt even better, you know. But let me ask, ask you that. Does God want us to be happy? Yeah. So great question. And I'll tell you because a lot of times people say, Daniel, God doesn't want us to be happy. He wants us to be holy, you know. And, and it's like, and it's true. He does want us to be holy. But Psalm 144 verse 15 says, happy are the people whose God is the Lord. Come on. So it's like, Man. it's right there in scripture. So, so the idea that I have is this. So, so what we have a tendency to do, and, and to quote Martin Luther, I don't agree with everything Luther said, but Luther said something that I thought was really interesting. He said, sometimes Christians are like drunk people. You either fall off one side of the horse or the other, mm. you know? And so the idea <laughs> that like, you know, there's, there's, to sit on the horse, you got to be right in the middle. And so I think this idea is the, the, what the church is saying is they're seeing the culture and it's trivial superficial views of happiness mm. and it's saying we need to be deeper than that but actually i think what the church's job is is to redeem a word like happiness because it was in the old testament before it was in american culture or western right. culture and like jesus said the beatitudes two thousand years ago so let's redeem that word back and let's let jesus define it for us so when people yeah. say to me and i get this all the time daniel doesn't god want me to be happy i always say absolutely god wants you to be happy but the place where you're looking for happiness is probably not where you're going to find it mm. you know because most of people send me as a pastor say man my my marriage is so hard god and you know daniel doesn't god want me to be happy and really what they're saying is won't god be okay if i get out of this marriage like right. you're like like i'm over that person like, no no like god wants you to be happy but if you're trying to find your happiness in just your spouse you set your spouse up for failure they're not supposed to be your fulfillment they're supposed to be your companion right you know what i mean like like yeah. like with work people say man doesn't i hate my job doesn't god want me to be happy it's like well listen you know god gave us work as a gift go all the way back to genesis chapter two but the problem is is we look at work as it's supposed to be super fulfilling or everything's supposed, like like work will be you know i'll enjoy work when it's easy it's like actually when god cursed adam he cursed his work like like right. works hard yeah. you know so 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 much of it is about saying god Will you give me your heavenly perspective, your eternal perspective on what I'm doing now? And then once we get that eternal perspective, now it actually changes the way we see everything. Yeah. Boy. Man, yeah. So back to theologian Mick Jagger. Um, <laughs> Is that what you got out that of that? <laughs> you, you quote several similar theologians in Crazy Happy. And that's, I just, that's why I just love about you. And it's, it's so real. Uh, obviously, that's one of your reels, and I think, man, that's, that's I mean, one of your words. So, um, when when I, you know when I heard that, when I was listening to the audible book, I I literally almost spit out my coffee when I heard theologian Mick Jagger. But it it what he was saying is true when you you know contrast that with what you're saying. So, um, really good stuff. So, um, I want to talk about a story you tell in the book, and hopefully, it's it's okay to to. To, to give all this information. People need to go and get the book and we're going to tell them how in a little bit. But um, you were nominated for Homecoming King and you shared this story of you wanted to, your video to look different than all the other guys that were nominated. And this this is just a fun, fun story. Can you, can you share it? Oh yeah, that, it's yeah. a classic one for me. So, <laughs> so love you this. Know, in order to in order to do this, you know, these homecoming videos to present to the school, and like I, I didn't like apply to do it. They put my name in. It was like a like we were all joking, like ha 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 ha. 
Boost goes, it's going to be the homecoming king. I'm like the most non-homecoming king person you can imagine. So everybody put together what now we would call like a bad like dating site video. My name is John. You know, I really like walks on the beach. My favorite band is, you know, Sublime or whatever. What, you know, you put it all in there. And so and all these videos were bad. Now, I had a little bit of an advantage because I, one of my electives was TV production lab. And, and Mr. Reed, who was the teacher, was like really enjoyed my personality. So I'm like, I'm going to do this totally different. And so I, I only said one line in the entire video, which was, my name is Daniel Fusco and I'm a really friendly guy. That's all I said. And, and like, it starts off with some really nasty, like punk music. Like, you know, it was the dead, I took a track from the dead Kennedy. So if, you know, I, I didn't know the Lord at this time. So like, you know, it's like, I was just like the dead Kennedys come on it and it's just madness. And all it is is quick edits of me kissing people. Like, like, like I'm just kissing everybody. And so there was one teacher that I had, Mr. Lundquist, who was, he was very hard. He was very fun. And he was also just kind of like, like he kind of enjoyed making everyone's life hard. So I had him for history. And when he heard about, I thought to myself, man, if I can kiss Mr. Lundquist, this would be like the, <laughs> the, the apex of my high school experience. And so all of a sudden, Mr. Lundquist comes to me. He's like, I heard you're making a video of you kissing people. You know, and I said, well, it's funny that you say that, Mr. Lundquist. <laughs> I, think, I think you should be in my video. And he's like, if you even put your lips on me, I'm going to fail you and you're never going to go to college. And he just totally walked away. And I was just like, oh, no. So so sure enough, I thought to myself, but but and in, the, in that chapter, the idea is that like everything involves some risk. So I just made the decision like, man, I'm going to risk it. I'm going to try and kiss Lundquist. And so I had my buddy Fred who was doing the, the videography. I had him set up. And after class, I tried to sneak up behind Mr. Lundquist and just plant one on him. And sure enough, I, I went for it. I felt like it was like super slow-mo, you know, like where, and, and, I, and right as I went in, he saw me and he kind of, he kind of recoiled in horror and I missed him by about an inch. Oh, like I just, man. I just, just, it was, it was so, it was, it was like so close, but so far <laughs> at the end of a football game, like we ended up on the half yard line. Oh, and man. I remember I went back and I thought to myself, man, it's horrible. I was so close. I didn't even say anything, which was really scary because I'm like, he's going to fail me just on principle. So sure enough, I went back to the TV production lab and I was looking at, and I kept watching the video and it was so, like, literally, I was like, I was like an inch oh, away. Man. So finally what I decided is I'm like, I, I could end this video with a series of still shots. And, and the last one would be Lundquist with him pulling away and me like puckering in. But I'm like, because he doesn't want to be in my video, I just put like a little thing over his eyes that said censored but everyone knew who it was and so i, I finished the video and they had like a, a like a they were showing it at, at like an auditorium where everybody was there and so sure enough my video goes on and my video is just it's madness it's literally me i'm kissing everything everybody everything <laughs> real quick edits and we get to the end i just have my eyes on lundquist because i know what's going on and it ends with like a still of me trying to kiss him him pulling away it says censored over his eyes and the place erupts, like erupts. <laughs> and, and all the teachers around Mr. Lundquist started laughing and Lundquist looked around and found me and he's like, 
good job. And so <laughs> he, never, he, didn't, he didn't fail me. I actually did win the Homecoming King. Oh, I think man. only because of that video. That is funny. That's brilliant. That is that's, good. Yeah. I was so w- wondering, how, yeah, when he looked over to laugh at him, I mean, that's just, that's just epic. That's classic. And, and you know, the, the book has got so many great stories and alignments like this with, with what uh, you're trying to convey to people because it is – definitely different right bringing two scriptures like this and really bringing them in um but we just appreciate you taking that step of being able to go and god this could really change book history so to speak uh for what people are reading and i know chuck as he's in the middle of his second book and just plowing through i know what that's been like we've just been talking about it just trying to get the deadlines done and get things like that but taking when you're in that place of taking that step of faith and writing a book what are some of the things that you're praying about um when you're about to launch that yeah for me it's always lord will you get this message and this book into the hands of the people who need it at the right time Mm -hmm. you know like and i i do the same thing as a as a as a as a communicator whether i'm i'm teaching at church or you know, like I realize I'm, I'm, I'm teaching a message and it's going to end up, you know, on social media, on the TV, you know, and we also do TV not only with the Hillsong channel, but we're on secular television stations in the middle of the night, you know, like, you know, it's so much fun. Like, you know, the, the, we, we hear from people all the time, you know, I came home from the bar and I was hammered and I fell asleep watching TV and then I woke up and this dreadlock guy was on TV and I'm like, what's this guy talking about? He's talking about Jesus. And, and then at the end, like we're saying, if you want to start a relationship with Jesus, text in saved. They're like, I'm te- they're texting in saved. And they're like, I just, I don't know what happened, but like, I just said yes to Jesus. And, you know, and so like, for me, I just realized that people are going to hear this stuff whenever they hear it, you know? And so Lord, will you get the message to the people who need it at the right time? And for me, like, that's all that really, you know, it's his message and 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 he like god is passionate for people i mean you know they they call the death of jesus the passion of the christ you know and it's like it's like god cares and so i'm like lord i just want to be a part of the work that you're doing and so if lots of people read it or nobody reads it as long as one person at the right time gets the you know you know hears what god has for them then i'm like this is all worth it for me that's good, man. And I, I love how you are very transparent and share some of the own struggles that you've encountered, even as a pastor. And you share a story where you missed a flight or and because um, you were running with your family and your your wife got held up at another line and you were ticked off because you just wanted to get home to prepare to preach and take a nap. Right. Can, can you, you share a little bit about that? Oh, yeah. So like I always like to joke that. Um, you know, I'm just like everybody and life is the curriculum to teach you the things that God wants to teach you. So when we looked at the beatitude of blessed are the peacemakers, my wife is a textbook peacemaker. And, uh, and it was money. Cause like we went through this, we were, we were flying home after uh, a vacation. I had to preach the next day. And sure enough, me and my kids, I I'm a TSA pre-check person. I travel a lot, at least pre COVID I did. Uh, and, and so normally whoever I buy tickets with also gets pre-checked. It's just the, the way that they do it. But for some reason, they've like banned my wife from the TSA pre-check line, which I can't imagine why, because she's like an angel with skin on, you know what I mean? She's like the next person ever. Like, like you know, like she's just so sweet. Like I don't deserve her to spend five minutes with me, let alone we've been married for 17 years. And so this one time we were flying back and me and the kids all got TSA pre-check, but my wife didn't. And 
literally it took her two hours to get through the you know the the security gate and we missed our flight mm. you know and i was so frustrated i was just so you know i was beside myself and i was you know just kind of worked up and then you know we're sitting there and i'm like i'm, I'm on hold with the airlines trying to get a return flight and my wife looks over at me she's like daniel god is in this maybe somebody else needed our our, our seats we need to get home for a funeral you know she and, and she just had like this litany of all the good things that were coming from this and and my kids were just like watching her and they're all smiling and i'm just like i'm supposed to be the pastor my wife's the real spiritual one you know what i mean like she's like yeah. she's talking she's, she's making peace with all of it yeah. you know and we it was funny we ended up having like a beautiful extra day where we were we we got home fine that night you know it was it wasn't a big deal but you know but it was just such a reminder that like she had the peace of the lord in mm. the midst of that situation and i was just completely like undone i'm like man this is just messing up my whole plan you know and <laughs> and, and she was just such a great model of 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 the oh how happy are the peacemakers Mm -hmm. you know for, for they shall be called children of god you know and i'm like my wife is a, is a daughter of god and i am a pagan you know I'm like this is not good right now <laughs> and so i was just so aware and i always tell people that like i want to be transparent i mean so i think sometimes you know pastors can come off like they just have it all together and i just you know the only one who's got it all together is jesus all the rest of us you know we're just working through it and, and some days, some days were the bug, and some days were the windshield, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, can you share um, some of the stories uh, and some of the most surprising ways that you've found to live crazy happy? Some of the things that you've you've seen and, and experienced. Yeah, I think that one of the most startling ones comes from the second beatitude, where it says, "Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted." You know, and it's a crazy statement. Oh, how happy are those who grieve, who are sad, you know? And, and so that for me was like the, you know, we talked about humility. Like nobody says actually God's plan for happiness involves sadness. Because I think we have this tendency to think, man, well, happiness is the absence of grief. It's the absence of sadness, yeah. right? But really what I realized is that like we all have messes and tragedies, things that break our heart, you know? And then I'm reminded like actually, you know, there are things that break God's heart, you know, like mm -hmm. God would see his children and, and the world's broken and they're busted up and they're sinning and the world is, the systems are broken and it breaks God's heart so much that he sends Jesus on a rescue mission. And so it's like, for me, the idea that like, actually, like, if you're not like, like G the shortest verse in the Bible is that Jesus wept, right? Right. Now, Jesus wept at the tomb of Lazarus. Now, if you read the story in John chapter 10, Jesus delayed on purpose Right. He knew he was going to die. He gets there. He's already dead. And he knows Jesus, Jesus knows he's going to raise him from the dead. But yet he sees Mary and Martha and all the people brokenhearted. And it says that Jesus wept. And so like, I'm like, wow. Like, so, so you're telling me that God's plan for happiness involves sadness. Now, why did Jesus weep? Because he loved these people. Right. And, and I always tell people, like, you can't have a happy life without love. And if you love people sometimes things are going to break your heart whether it's like i lost my mom we just lost my father-in-law my you know my, my my bride's dad just i went home to be with the lord you know uh sometimes with our kids you know uh you know the brokenness of society you know and so when you start to realize like man actually if if i don't have grief in my heart at times like then actually i'm not on the crazy happy path because i actually don't care about people you know and yeah. so so 
that has been really, wow. really amazing. And it talks in the scriptures about how we should weep with those who weep, you know, and you would say, well, weeping it, that that's not happy. And it's like, no, no, it is God's plan for happiness involves grieving. Why? Because when we mourn, it says that God will comfort us. Yes. So God meets us in our mourning and he brings comfort to our hearts. And then if you complete the, the line, when you get to second Corinthians chapter one, it says that we comfort others with the comfort that we've received. Mm. So now all of a sudden we grieve, God comforts us. At some point he builds us up to the point where we see others who are grieving in the way that we've grieved and we want to comfort them with the comfort that we've received. And then Jesus said in Acts chapter 20 that you're more blessed to give than receive. You're happier when you give than when you get. And then all of a sudden when you're giving to someone who is grieving something that you, now all of a sudden you have joy. And if you take the second fruit of the spirit to go with the second beatitude, Oh, how happy are those who mourn, they shall be comforted, and the fruit of the Spirit is joy. And then, of course, it says in the Psalms, though the sorrow may last for the night, the joy comes with the morning. Yeah. And so this idea that that sorrow and grief are part of God's plan for happiness, uh, that's been just so challenging for me, and it's really transformed my ability to be really human in the midst of the world in which we live. And I know there's probably people listening right now that they're in the midst of that that suffering. They're in the midst of that grieving. They're in the middle of their mourning. Can you take a moment and pray for pray for them? I mean, you've you've walked it out, and um, Andy and I right now we're walking this out. Both of our wives are ill, and my wife's been struggling for the last two and a half years, and that's a whole other north story. And so your book really spoke to me when it connected mourning with being happy. Blessed are those who mourn, right? I mean, it's so, so good and so timely and so relevant. Can you take a moment and, and pray for those who are listening that are in that exact moment right now? And I would love to. Lord, I want to thank you for each person who's listening right now. And and God, you, you know everything about us. We don't have to give you all the details because Lord, you are so aware. You've numbered each hair on each one of our heads. And and God, as there is deep suffering, grieving, and sorrow, Father, I want to ask that you would work in ways that we can understand, Lord, that you would show us some of what you're doing. And Lord, you know, I always pray that, Lord, I don't like what's happening, but Lord, will you bear the fruit that you want to bear in my life through what's happening? Because Lord, you are ultimately interested in making us more like Jesus, bearing that fruit, the fruit of the spirit in our lives. Lord, we don't want our sufferings to make us bitter. Lord, by your spirit, we want you, we want you to take that suffering and make us better. And so, Lord, will you meet us and comfort us in the midst of what's going on? And, Lord, for both Chuck and for Andy, I give you them and their brides. And, Lord, I just ask for your healing touch, Lord, where yeah. healing is needed. Lord, you revealed yourself as Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. And I ask that you would heal in each one of these situations, that you would work in powerful ways. And, Lord, comfort us in the midst of our suffering and our sorrows. And, Lord, also build us up so that you can, as you place the tools in our spiritual tool belt from what we've gone through that we can also help others to walk through times of grieving and mourning and so lord we believe help our unbelief and i ask that you would place each person in jesus your most capable hands and we ask it in jesus name amen 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 thank you so much well Listeners, the, the book is Crazy Happy, Nine Surprising Ways to Live the Truly Beautiful Life. So go wherever books are sold and get yourself a copy. Of course, on Amazon, you can order the, um, 
the, the hard copy or you can download the Kindle version or do what I've done and already listen to the entire Audible book, which is so, so good, so rich. So, um, Daniel, tell us, how can, how can our listeners connect with you? Oh, I would love to connect with you all. Just, you know, put my name in in your favorite browser window uh, on all the social medias. Uh, I'll pop up. You know it's me because of you'll see the dreads and you'll say, there it is. And so come and find me. And, of course, I have a website, danielfusco.com. And so love to connect with everybody. That's awesome. awesome. Well, we do something at the end of every podcast. Uh, it's got nothing to do with the interview, uh, but we want to just find a little bit more out about you. So we have got three big questions. Chuck's going to start off with the first one, and uh, people are going to get to know you, I'm sure. All right, here we go. First question, Daniel. How much to cut off your dreads? Is there a price? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I could very, to be honest, um, I don't need any money. I yeah, figure at some yeah. point, I, like every time I've ever had dreads before, I just at some point I just get tired of them and I just wake up and I shave them off. So, <laughs> so I, I always tell people like at some point I'll come in and I'll have a buzz cut because I'll just be like, man, I'll wake up one day and be like, hey, time to get rid of these things. You know, so, I, I saw something on um, online this week. And it was um, in Australia, there was a sheep that had been found. I don't know if you saw oh, this. Oh, I saw thing. this. And it was like 71 pounds of wool had grown on this animal like it could hardly see. And uh, they shaved it off, poor thing, and it looked like a little stick. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I think I think that's what it would be like. That's what it would be like if we, we cut Daniel's hair. Be like that, that, hey. Oh, wow. Right. So. I know. So, you know, I've, I've um, often thought about cutting mine off, and I've usually asked my kids, like, and my wife, of course, but, um, hey, should I cut off my hair? And my kids are always like, no, no, no. And it's almost like my identity is attached to it. Of course, with you, even more so with the dreads, I mean, obviously, you Google Daniel Fusco, you're going to see the, see the dreads. But um, It's a great head of hair. Yeah. Cool. It's a, you know, it's so it's funny. A, on, on April Fool's Day, uh, our, our creative team had photoshopped me with, like, a straight-up Telly Savalas, just, like, you know, total. <laughs> and on April Fool's Day, they'll put it up on social media, and people would – They'll flip out. It's so funny. <laughs> you know, they'll be like, what? Yeah, you know, April Fool's Day. It's so oh, funny. Oh, that is good. That's good. Well, here's my question. So uh, Chuck mentioned to me that you are like a legit, really good bass player. Okay. So if there was any band you could play in, what band would it be? Oh, Okay, so it would definitely be John Coltrane's classic quartet, the a Love Supreme band. Yeah. I mean, Jimmy Garrison, the bass player, so that, that, he's playing upright in that. Uh, Jimmy Garrison is a phenomenal upright bass player. But man, what I wouldn't give just to be in the middle of that band with that madness going on. So yeah, yeah John Coltrane's classic quartet, Daniel Fusco on the, on the bass, that would be awesome. Oh, man. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Mumford and Sons, but that's a whole different... <laughs> <laughs> hey, they're great, aren't they? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Uh, all right, last last question. So, um, obviously, I know you take naps from, from reading your book. Um, <laughs> cat... <laughs> that came out wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Let me rephrase that. 
<laughs> you share a story about wanting to get home to take a nap in your book. I didn't fall asleep reading your book or sure. listening to the audio book. Sure. Yeah, right. All right. On the contrary. So, um, cat naps or power naps? Okay. So to be honest, so first, if you are struggling with sleep, and my book is definitely the cure for your insomnia, as Chuck just told you guys. No! <laughs> Super good. But, but to be honest, if I take a nap, I need to do a three-hour nap. Three hours? Three hours. Yeah. Man, so like, that, like, that's like a Gilligan's Island tour. <laughs> yeah, it's like I have to go on vacation for a little bit. <laughs> because I'm just one of those people, like, if I take, like, a little, like, 15-minute nap or, like, a five-minute nap, I wake up angry. And I'm not an angry person. I just wake up like, you know, little, my wife will be like, oh, man, you got to go back to bed right yeah. now. Like, this is not good for anybody. <laughs> 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 totally. So I hand me the book like, here you go, honey. <laughs> oh, man. oh, love it. I love it, man. That's so good. I'm like you, though. I like the long naps. You know, get, get rid of this little, little, little nap. I, I'm I, like a 45 minute to an hour. I'm good there. All right. Yeah. You know, I can't go too short. So. Yeah. That's good. Cool. Uh, three man. hours. Dude, this has been fun, man. Thank you so much. We Honored to have it. you on. Thank you so oh, much for taking the time. Great to get this. to hang with you guys. Seriously. This is good. This is good. Well, um, make sure, folks that are listening, you're checking out Daniel's uh, book, Crazy Happy. And also make sure that you are connecting with him. A uh, lot of stuff. I, I even saw just uh, a week or so ago, you did an Instagram live with Levi Lusco. And, uh, you know, so that's the type of stuff that we love doing uh, in, in following social media and people on social media. It's not just the, the cute posts, but also some of the things that people take you to in different, yeah. different conversations. In your podcast, listen to, go listen to Crazy Happy Podcast. I am looking forward to listening to the episode with Mark Batterson, who's a hero of mine and endorsed my book. So I'm looking forward to, to listening to that. So, yeah. So listen to Daniel's podcast as well. Well, thank you, Daniel, so much for being on with us today. And uh, we, we, we're praying blessings with the book. And as you uh, step into this, obviously right now, very busy getting the, the word out of, about the book. And we're just praying that God will bless it as, as much as he can at this time with COVID. Uh, it really is uh, a, obviously a tough time to be trying to promote a book when you can't get out there. So we're praying that people will listen to this, share it and be able to connect with you as well. And if you want a copy, do a post on social media, tag us, and we're going to give away a copy of Daniel's book. Look at you are so generous. Yeah. <laughs> I learned, I learned it from, from Daniel <laughs> from, from reading crazy happy. So. <laughs> Crazy happiness is contagious. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> well, Daniel, thank you so much for being on today on Revival Town Podcast and uh, all, all blessings to you. Glad to see you guys as well. What do you think, Andy? Oh, man. I mean, we said it at the beginning, this guy's the real deal. And uh, not just a great author, uh, but... He's really pulling truth out. I mean, lining those, uh, you know, the Beatitudes and Fruit of Spirit, Spirit and bringing them together. Yeah. Man, yeah, that's genius. It really is. Really fascinating. Enjoyed it. And um, one of the things that I didn't ask him in the interview to expound upon, but something that jumped out at me in his book is something that is familiar and he mentions that in the book it's familiar but the acronym for the word joy is jesus others yourself and that has kind of been my mm. inward mantra the last few weeks 
yeah. when I'm posting, when I'm wanting to vet on Twitter or whatever before Jesus, others, yourself. Yeah. That's a good word. That's really He's a, he's a great guy. Cool cat. Yeah. Make sure you're checking his book out, TV show, podcast, radio, whatever. I mean, yeah. he is there. Buy his chewing gum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Fusco uh, bubble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but make sure you're checking checking him out. Uh, got a great church as well. Really doing an amazing work in a, a pretty hard area of the country. Um, really is. So uh, he's doing a great, great job. But you know what's uh, a few days from now is going to be uh, St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day. So, so are you, you trying to tie in some kind of new word for me or something? Well... Let's uh, let's set the stage, shall we? All right. Oh, Tate and his mate Irish goes Irish. <laughs> oh, oh man. So I'm nervous. St. Patrick's Day, just a few days away. So I thought I'd pull an Irish word. Okay. So that's okay. Now this yeah, isn't like you know. a a Gaelic word or anything like that, because um, I'm not that cool. But I do have a word that the Irish use a lot. Lucky charms. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I should have used that. Okay, all right, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and it's not leprechaun. Okay. Uh, it is, I'll, I'll put it into a sentence, okay? Okay. It's lashing it down outside. Lashing it? Lashing it. Latching it? Lash. L A S H. My hearing and your English accent thrown out an Irish word. It's like, I, 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 I. Okay. Lashing. L A S H I N G. Lash. L A S H I N G. Oh, lashing. It's lashing it. Yeah, it's lashing it down Okay, outside. like if I was going to have my um, my grandpappy rip off a twig off a tree, I'm going to give you a lashing. Like lashing, lashing it. Oh, that's a good... That's good, but okay. it's not. Lashing it down means it's raining. It's lashing it down. Oh, wow. Yeah, so like, oh man, it's okay, lashing it down. That wasn't my guess, though. I was just using it in a sentence. Yeah. You already told me I didn't get a chance to guess. No, you just said about the tree <laughs> lashing <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say no. I, uh, I wouldn't have got it. Uh, so, so there you go. The Tate and his mate this week got went Irish. I mean, that's pretty good. So try yeah. and use good job, man. Try and use the word lashing because uh, obviously this time of year it's gonna start lashing it down pretty, it's pretty quick here, right? Yeah, flowers can come up and yeah. So there you go, mate. That's <laughs> Tate and his mate Irish style. Look at charms and lashing it. <laughs> Oh, well, Chuck, it's been a great, great show. I love doing this with you. And uh, we will definitely uh, be back next week. Make sure you're following us on social media. Uh, tell people about the podcast. Seriously, a lot of people are uh, tuning in. and uh, We've had listeners from all 50 states in America yeah. and 29 countries. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I mean... We, we just thought it's just us two in this little room thinking, I wonder if someone will listen or not, but they are, you know? Yeah. And so we're really, really glad that people are. Make, make sure you're connecting with us. Email us or, or give us a message. You can actually do a voice yeah, message Send now. us a smoke signal. <laughs> 
Oh, is that a problem you got, Smokey? <laughs> 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 well, so. uh, voicemail. Yeah, voicemail. Wow. That's yeah, yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, go, yeah, yeah. go and hit listen now uh, on the website. You'll take you to Anchor and you'll be able to click on the message, which you can leave a voice message that we may play in the next few weeks. Yep. Love to do it. So thanks for listening to the Revival Town podcast. And we will uh, be back here next week. Make sure that you're sharing writing reviews, connecting with us. Thanks again for listening to Revival Town Podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of Revival Town Podcast. Make sure you're following us on social media and remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information, head on over to RevivalTownPodcast.com. Revival Town Podcast.